the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Free stuff for everybody. Bernie Sanders is coming to town. Yep, that's right. Bernie is coming. And uh, from what I understand, my sources tell me that in the city this weekend, everything is free. You can go to the restaurants. Don't have to pay for anything. Uh, Bernie's picking up the tab. Uh, Also, uh, free drinks. Whatever you need. Free. Everything's free. Uh, when Bernie Sanders is around, nobody pays for anything. Government pays for it. Somehow the money just falls from the sky, and the restaurants will get their money, but you won't have to pay it. Just eat your meals. Actually, uh, he may not be in town yet. Uh, I don't think he's here yet, but he is coming in to speak at CMU Sunday night. It's a rally for, uh, I guess you call him a quasi-socialist John Fetterman. I don't know if he's officially a socialist or a Democrat socialist, but he's running for lieutenant governor as a Democrat. Bernie's probably taking a Greyhound in from uh, Vermont so that he can share whatever he would have spent on a flight with you and everybody on the bus. Now, we are going to spend a lot of time today here on the John Stagerwald Show talking about what a lunatic Bernie is. As far as I'm concerned, anybody who wants to uh, to turn America into a socialist country is a lunatic, and it's starting to get a little bit scary. Um, Bernie might have been the Democrat nominee for president, if Mrs. Clinton hadn't rigged the process long before he got involved, 40% of millennials say they uh, would prefer socialism to capitalism. They probably, most of them would have trouble spelling either word uh, or giving you any kind of an idea what either word means. But right now, they they just prefer socialism because socialism, because it, I guess, because it, it means free stuff. Now, we have a local candidate for the PA State House who's a socialist. She won the Democrat primary in a district where um, Abraham Lincoln could run as a Republican, and he's not going to win, so she's in. The National Democrat Party is all excited about that 28-year-old socialist woman uh, who won the primary for the U.S. House uh, a couple of weeks ago, and she is now a shoe-in for the same reason. No Republican could win there. And some people are calling her the new face of the Democrat Party. Now, if that were true in a sane world, that would scare everybody, including the Democrats. But apparently it doesn't. Now, Bernie's going to be promising or at least demanding free health care and free college for everybody. And that'll get all the clueless millennial children whipped into a frenzy over there uh, out in Oakland. And here's something I've never understood. Useful idiots like Bernie are always claiming that health care is a human right. Okay? So what about food? You're not going to need free health care if you starve to death. And if I'm born with a right to free health care, the same way I'm born with, you know, the right to free speech, why am I not born with a right to a free sandwich? And what about shoes? Why no free shoes? Shouldn't they also be a human right? I mean, especially if a college education is a human right. How are you going to go to college without shoes? And then there's dry cleaning and oil changes. Let's, you know, why, should, why shouldn't they be uh, human rights? You should have the right to some dry cleaning or getting your oil changed. And what about two cars in every garage? Um, Why should rich people, come on, why should rich people have two or three cars when there are people out there who have to take the bus and maybe not even have one car? We'll talk about Bernie's ideas today. In just a couple of minutes, we'll talk to an expert on Canada's free health care. And by the way, he's a real live Canadian. I'm I'm actually kind of an expert on uh, Canadian health care. Our family owns a lake house up there. My mother was a Canadian. And I've been going up there since basically since I was born. And I've heard plenty of horror stories from our neighbors up there. I'll tell you a couple of them in a few minutes here. One thing the idiots like Bernie never seem to get around to mentioning about Canada's free health care is that 13% sales tax on everything. I think it's 7% federal and 6% provincial. And that's where the free health care comes from. And your clothes go out of style up there if you're waiting for an MRI. That's how, I mean, it's unbelievable. We'll talk about that. And I think the last time they checked, they had like 12 MRI machines in the entire country. So Bernie's idea for free uh, college education is insane. 
I will talk to a guy who used to work in college admissions and in uh, financial aid, and he compares that to selling uh, to selling used cars. And if you're planning on going to Bernie's speech on Sunday, do me a favor. Let me know when Bernie calls out CMU's administration for charging kids $70,000 a year to go there. Now, Bernie uh, probably also has a plan that would force you and me to pay back the college loans that these kids are stuck with. And I I got a feeling the kiddies are banking on that. Um, but that's what Bernie would have you do. You just you, you pay back their college loan. They got screwed somehow, so... You know, you and I, will pay for it. So we will deal with, deal with Bernie a little bit later. In other news, in case you haven't heard, Bob Mueller got himself some Russians. Twelve of them were indicted. All military intelligence officers. And uh, they hacked into the Democrats' campaign in 2016, according to Mueller. And they must have been really good because, I mean, if they did actually influ- influence anything and have anything to do with who won and who lost the presidential election, they had to be really good because they were able to uh, penetrate that uh, – email system, even though John Podesta had a just an impenetrable uh, password. His password was password, okay? So you needed, you needed at least 12 Russian intelligence uh, officers to get through that password. And U.S. intelligence says that the Russians wanted to disrupt uh, Hillary's campaign and help the Trump campaign, and they must be really, really good because if they did swing it for Trump, uh, they had to be good because they managed to have the misses win the popular vote and Trump win the electoral. That's pretty good. And you can be sure the Democrats are upset. They like to fix their own elections, and they don't like it one bit with the Russians butting in and doing it for them. So the indictments make no mention of anybody in the Trump campaign being involved in the hacking. Maybe the president can bring this up when they meet. Uh, he meets with uh, Vladimir Putin uh, in Finland on Monday. And, of course, uh, everybody, he's insulted that anybody would suspect that he would allow people who work for him to do such a thing. So it's just, this thing has been going on a long time. It just, I'm begging you, just end it. Just uh, arrest somebody. Well, they've already indicted, and so I, I get that. But come up with something big, because it's really getting annoying with the little stuff. And, the, and this today, I guess, is big, but I think people were kind of expecting it. And another item we're going to cover today why the mayor of Lancaster, California, should consider running for president, and maybe you, especially if you're a man, should consider voting for him. That's all coming up. And we are going to make fun of Bernie Sanders' love affair with free health care with a real live Canadian coming up. Excitement awaits at Waldemere. Ride the incredible Ravine Flyer 2, ranked 7th best wooden coaster in the world. Share a ride on the giant Ferris wheel or the balloon race family ride. Or watch your little ones enjoy Kittyland. Plus, there's arcade and midway games, gift shops, free shows, delicious food, and irresistible treats like mouth-watering fudge, French waffles, and giant fresh-baked cookies. And Waterworld's the place to cool off with a massive wave pool, two water playgrounds, an endless river, water slides for all ages, and more. All parking is free. And remember, still time to get your season pass. It's your best value. Details at waldemir.com. Freedom. One nation in all of human history was built on that bedrock. Ours. A republic of the people, by the people, and for the people. Self-government requires freedom, just as freedom requires an individual willingness to self-govern. Freedom has made America exceptional, but it can only last as long as you and I seek the good, as expressed by the laws of nature and nature's God. It can only last if you and I choose to act as people of character. Forging character has been the pursuit of Hillsdale College since 1844. Hillsdale College forges character and elevates civic discourse both on campus and nationwide. To find out how you can take their free online courses or receive a complimentary subscription to Imprimus, a monthly speech digest, visit hillsdalefreedom.com. That's hillsdalefreedom.com. My 
story includes multiple physical and emotional affairs. Every day, men struggle with sexual integrity. Impure thoughts, strip clubs, pornography. My wife found out that I had betrayed her. She insisted that I would go to the every man's battle. I had some idea, perhaps, of, of um, you know what to expect, but I had no idea that it would have the impact on me that it did. There's just something about the way that you meet in a large group and then the smaller breakout groups. And the sharing is just something that I've never experienced before. To register or to find out more, call 1-800-NEW-LIFE. That's 1-800-639-5433 or log on to newlife.com. This is the first time in my life that I ever felt comfortable in sharing the real me with other men. In my mind, it is one of the most critical things that a guy can do in his recovery. 1-800-N-E-W-L-I-F-E. How much do you spend on your pest control each year? 200 300 or even $500 or more? What if I said you could spend less than $25 a year, even less with promo code RADIO20? Then listen up. G'day, I'm Scott from Plug-In Pest Free, and yes, it is possible to read your home or business of unwanted pests for less than $25 per year. The answer is Plug-In Pest Free. Our bestseller, the Plug-In Pest Free Pro, will cover up to 4,000 square feet. Now that's fair dinkum. For just a one-time cost of only $249, even less with promo code RADIO20, you'll be pest-free for years to come. Log on to gopestfree.com today. Use promo code RADIO20 and start driving those pests away. Don't spray and regret. Plug in and forget. Gopestfree.com. That's gopestfree.com. Promo code RADIO20. The John Steigerwall Show. AM 1250, The Answer. Sunday, I had a bad cough. I had my first uh, show scheduled for here Monday. Uh, excuse me. I wanted to do something to knock it out. So I went to Med Express. It's about 10 minutes from my house. And I'm still actually coughing, by the way. But I, uh, anyway, it's about 10 minutes from my house. It took me about 45 minutes total when I got there. Left there with a prescription and a plan. It worked. I was ready to go on Monday. Of course, I had to pay 50 bucks copay on my insurance. But I got what I needed, and I, I just wonder if I could do that if I lived in Canada. Bakis Barua is Associate Director of Health Studies with the Fraser Institute in Canada. Bakis, thanks for being here, and what would my options have been on Sunday if I lived in Canada? Good evening, and thank you so much for having me on the show. Um, if you were living in Canada, you know something like that would be all right in, at a walk-in clinic, although even there are statistics showing us that uh, the ability for Canadians to get an appointment on the same or next day with the doctor or nurse is far, far below um, countries like the United States, Germany, Australia, France, New Zealand, and the Netherlands. But where Canada really, really has severe problems is when it comes to elective acute care. Um, so things like where you actually do need to get into hospital for, um, for treatment that's non-emergency, you actually might have to wait months in order to get treatment. Yeah, a report from, the, uh, from your institution, the Fraser Institute, in December said that uh, waiting is the number one characteristic of uh, Canadian health care. Uh, how do you think the average American would react if, let's say, starting on Monday, uh, he or she had to deal with a, uh, the Canadian wait times? Well, let me give you some examples. You know, Canada is known, I, I would imagine, quite a lot in the United States um, for the fact that it has what's what's referred to over there as a universal healthcare system. Uh, but that's not actually what Canada is known for around the world. There are actually several countries, 28, um, 28 to 31 countries that can be defined as having universal healthcare. But really what it's known for is having the long wait times. Uh, what it's known for is having a government monopoly over the financing and delivery of services. Um, one of the things that we did for, uh, that we started doing in Canada about 20, 25 years ago was actually measuring the average wait time um, between getting a referral from a GP to seeing a specialist to actually getting treatment. Um, and earlier on in the 1990s, it was about 9.3 weeks on average for 12 specialties. Last year when we did that measurement, it was 21.2 weeks on average um, between getting a referral from a GP um, to getting treatment. And these are treatments like um, ophthalmology, otolaryngology, orthopedic surgery, uh, things that you know wouldn't kill you right away, uh, but because it's not going to kill you, you're expected to wait years sometimes for treatment. So if I blow out my knee uh, playing hockey in Canada and um, I need orthopedic surgery, i got to wait five months? 
It could actually be possible. Um, in, in, in provinces like British Columbia, the average wait time for, uh, for orthopedic surgery is actually 66.1 weeks. So that's more than a year in order to get orthopedic surgery. Uh, worse than that, you might actually have to wait very, very long just in order to get um, a diagnosis for your condition. So for example, just getting an MRI, um, as long as it's not a life-threatening condition right away. Um, in British Columbia, the average wait time was 24 weeks. So that's, again, almost six months right there. Just to be able to get a diagnosis about the severity um, of blowing out your knee in Canada. It's really it's really quite shameful, but you know, that is the number one problem with Canada's healthcare system right now. And it's really as a result of being very, very stubborn about uh, focusing on the ideological and political aspects of the system rather than focusing on what's best for patients. Well, uh, how do Canadians feel about this? Or, or, or have they been subjected to this long enough that they just think that it's normal that if you need knee surgery, you got to wait till Christmas? Yeah, unfortunately, there seems to have been, you know, over a long time, a sort of numbing effect, a, a brushing off uh, this idea that this is just a normal part of um, of Canada's healthcare system, or worse, that this is the necessary price to pay in order to have a universal healthcare system, or that a universal healthcare system can only be achieved throughout uh, through a government monopoly. None of those things are actually true. Um, but I do think that things are starting to change quite a lot as Canadians get more and more aware of the fact that there are much, much better ways to do um, healthcare. Uh, while still maintaining um, delivery of services to people regardless of ability to pay, uh, we're starting to understand that you know countries like uh, Germany, Switzerland, Sweden, the Netherlands, Australia are doing a far better job of this. Um, there's really no requirement. There's no need for us to have to wait so long, and that's why we're actually starting to see a lot of change from the ground up. You know, politicians are notoriously um, averse to touching these uh, these these issues um, because it's not politically palatable. But we are starting to see court cases come out. We had uh, a massive court case in in the province of Quebec in 2005 that ruled that it was um, unconstitutional um, to force patients to wait so long without any recourse for treatment. And that's the other part of the Canada's healthcare system is that you have very few options for getting treatment in a more timely manner from private uh, services within the borders of the country, which leads to other things like Canadians actually traveling abroad for treatment. It's just um, a, really the wrong way to set up the system, focusing on you know who's paying for the services and who's delivering the services rather than focusing on ensuring that patients Patients actually get treated in a timely manner. Well, Bernie Sanders is running around uh, our country down here talking about single payer. It's something that everybody should be in love with and should be in favor of. And I, I'm afraid that uh, you know more and more people are thinking that it's a good idea. Is what you have in Canada is is that what Bernie is selling down here? As far as you know. Well, I don't know exactly what what uh, Senator Sanders is selling, but the thing what I keep trying to help. Canadians and and I would say Americans uh, as well to focus on is that it really doesn't matter whether it's single payer or private or not private or anything like that. It's really about your main goal should be ensuring that patients get treated to to high quality care in a timely manner and that people who do have um, a, a financial difficulty getting the treatment are also helped. Once you understand that concept and that being the goal, you actually find that there are several other countries that do uh, and achieve this goal by actually using private insurance, by actually using for-profit hospitals. When we look at um, countries like Switzerland and the Netherlands, it's essentially largely a private and pri- a private for-profit um, uh, market. Um, including the hospitals, uh, the public hospitals who work with the private for-profit hospitals as well, because they understand that at the end of the day, all that really matters is getting high-quality care in a timely manner. Whereas in Canada, we're really stuck on this old conversation of it has to be either the Canadian way or it has to be the American way. It has to be either single-payer or it has to be you know, purely um, private. Um, and it's just really the wrong way to go about it. And so it's quite disheartening to hear um, somebody like Senator Sanders focusing on single-payer um, as a concept rather than ensuring high-quality um, health care uh, in a timely manner. We're talking to Bakis Barua. He's Associate Director of Health Studies with the Fraser Institute in Canada about Canadian health care. And the reason I'm, uh, I wanted to have you on is because Bernie Sanders is coming to town here uh, this weekend. He's going to be speaking at CMU. And aside from uh, selling single-payer health insurance, he's also selling free college education. So everything's free with Bernie. Um, so I, 
that's, you know, that's, that's actually one really important thing that I have to, I, I routinely remind Canadians um, every year. We have this tendency to call Canada's healthcare system is free, which it obviously isn't. We're just paying through it, uh, through our taxes in a variety of different ways. And the average Canadian, I would say, actually doesn't really know how much they're actually paying for healthcare. Um, and, and it's really a misnomer to call any of these systems free. Canada is actually one of the highest spenders on healthcare in the OECD. Um, of course, behind the United States, uh, but uh, but to call a system free is, is is just absolutely unreal. And but the thing is uh, that people, when they hear single payer, that's what they think. They think free. Oh, I no longer have any doctor bills. Uh, not doctor bills. I no longer have to pay this ridiculous uh, amount of money for insurance every month. They think that's what's and so they're not going to spend it somewhere else. But you guys have a thirteen percent national sales tax if you combine the national tax with the provincial tax, correct? Well, the main thing to understand is that when when we're looking at total healthcare expenditures, um, Canada ranks Canada spending between ten to eleven percent of its GDP on healthcare. That ranks amongst all the highest spenders in the OECD. It ranks well within the range of what countries like Germany, Australia, Sweden, Switzerland um, are all spending on healthcare. Um, so to 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 either call it free, it, you know, to call free is just incorrect. We are paying. Somebody has to pay for the system, and, and of course, it's the average Canadian who's paying for it. Uh, if we actually do calculations based on how much you're paying through your taxes, uh, we estimate that the average uh, individual is paying about $4,500 per year for healthcare. Uh, the average family is paying about $12,500 for healthcare. And as soon as Canadians understand that, then the idea and the notion that we're actually rationing services and the fact that we actually um, have to end up waiting 21.2 weeks on average for treatment suddenly becomes all the more real. You know, it's not a question of, uh, of a low cost system uh, and just a couple of uh, and just a couple of uh, irritants in the system but it's really a high cost system we have uh, fewer um, beds fewer mri machines fewer ct scanners than the average oecd country um, we have uh, some of the longest wait times and it's really a system where we have rationed care without any options um, for patients um, if they feel that they're, wa- they're, they're waiting too long we need to remember that one of the ways that we actually pay for healthcare is through very long wait times yeah and that's a that's a payment um I have a couple of minutes here. I um, I just have a problem with the concept. And we, we had uh, some hearings here yesterday in, in D.C., and the politicians on both sides cu- did a pretty good job of making idiots of themselves. And I look at that, and I my response to that is, do I want these people in charge of telling me which doctor I can go to see? I mean, why would anybody want that? That's what I don't understand. Yeah, you know, I, I, I can't really comment on, on, on that particular case. But I mean, it, these are the sort of situations that we have to deal with over here. Um, you know, when you are being forced to wait a very long time for treatment is because you're only being offered a particular doctor. Um, there's only a certain amount of money being offered by the government to actually deliver treatment. We actually have um, some very ironic situations in Canada where um, you can actually have operating rooms um, open and available, um, but there isn't enough money to actually fund the treatment or fund the procedures. Um, you can have situations where um, where Canadians may be uh, forced to wait uh, for for treatment uh, for um, a particular medical condition, which could actually become worse as they're actually waiting for treatment and actually end up costing the healthcare system more. Um, and it's this clear dissociation between politicians and patients, uh, which leads to the problem, uh, which, is, uh, which, is, which is patients are really the ones who are uh, paying for this sort of system uh, to having to wait for their treatment. I think maybe it would be uh, people like Bernie Sanders, maybe it'd be a good idea if, if he were to, say, fall down and twist a knee here this weekend that we should send him to Canada for the MRI and make him wait for how many months it is they have to wait up there well well i'm sure if they know it's if it's if it's senator sanders that that he'll probably get 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 faster treatment than usual and that's precisely the problem you know um it's often referred to as a system um where there's no two-tier but of course we know that um that individuals um who have connections will probably get uh treatment quicker um and the rest of the people the average person will be expected to wait as i mentioned 66 weeks on average uh in british columbia for orthopedic surgery um and it's only the people who are rich enough to actually cross the border in order to get foster treatment, um, that, uh, they will actually get that treatment. And that's really not the way that the system is meant to be set up. You know, I, I always come back to that, that same thing of, you know, the focus should be on high-quality care um, and timely access to it. And those are, those are things that are actually missing from the Canadian system, especially when it comes to elective uh, treatments that, that we're measuring over here. So, unfortunately, the conversation between Canada and the U.S. is always between those two countries, and, and we see that even, for example, with the Commonwealth Fund's um, annual report, which ranks those two countries as lost within within their within their cohort, uh, and we miss out on this 
on the plethora of options out there um, with countries that are doing a far, far better job understanding that public Bob, Bob. and private and private not-for-profit work together. Thanks. With SRN News, I'm Keith Peters in Washington. Deputy Attorney General Rod Rosenstein has announced indictments against 12 Russian intelligence agents for hacking offenses during the 2016 presidential election. Rosenstein says the defendants are notable intelligence officials. The defendants worked for two units of the main intelligence directorate of the Russian general staff, known as the GRU. The units engaged in active cyber operations to interfere in the 2016 presidential election. The indictments come three days before Trump and Russian President Vladimir Putin meet in Finland. The Kremlin denies that the Russian state has interfered in the U.S. elections. The White House is stressing that the new indictments contain no allegations of knowing involvement by anyone on the Trump campaign. On Wall Street, the Dow by 95 points. The Nasdaq rose four. The S&P advanced three. Oil up to 7101 a barrel. This is SRN News. Even though the 4th of July is behind us, every July is our Independence Month. Become a patriot. Declare your independence from big mobile companies. Break free from big mobile's hidden fees, the line charges, the complicated pricing. Start celebrating simplicity with Patriot Mobile. And the pricing is simple and straightforward. Patriot Mobile also covers your switching and installment fees as a contract credit, up to $1,500 per account when you join. And from each Patriot's bill comes a contribution to the vital donations of conservative organizations that fight for freedom every day. What a great month to remember that. This month, enjoy a new Motorola E4 or an E4 Plus smartphone for only $4 a month. Save over 40% on this terrific water-resistant phone, perfect for summer, and help bring about conservative change. Independence has never sounded so liberating. Don't wait. Offer only available while supplies last. Make the switch today by calling 1-800-A-PATRIOT or by visiting www.patriotmobile.com forward slash you. That's patriotmobile.com forward slash you. Be a patriot. Switch. Make conservative change happen every time you use your cell phone. Patriot Mobile, your new cellular resource for patriotism. Larry Elder explains how important another Supreme Court pick from Trump is. Justice Kennedy is retiring now so that Donald Trump has enough time while the Republicans are still in the majority to confirm somebody equally, if not more conservative, if and when Ruth Bader Ginsburg retires during the president's uh, term. That could dramatically shift the court. Right now, they are doing a prayer vigil over Ruth Bader Ginsburg. The Larry Elder Show on AM 1250, The Answer. Don't pay double for your next home improvement project. Many companies are simply asking too much for windows, siding, and doors. You need at least three estimates. Just make sure Windows R Us is one of them. With over 50 years of home remodeling experience, Windows R Us is more than a window company. They're the area's premier exterior replacement company for roofing, siding, doors, gutters, even shutters and downspouts. You'll love their no-pressure sales approach, straightforward menu-style pricing, and the absolute fastest turnaround in the business. Windows R Us offers multiple financing options and will match any competitor's price. No hidden costs or final invoice surprises ever. And their no-loophole full lifetime warranty covers everything, including labor and glass breakage at no additional charge. Mention AM1250 and get an exclusive 10% discount for listeners of this station only. Why pay double? Before you buy, visit windowsruspittsburgh.com. They're more than a window company. They're the area's premier exterior replacement company. windowsruspittsburgh.com. The following is a true story. My name is David Bryant. When I was 37, my wife and I decided to get term life insurance through SelectQuote. Just three years later, I was diagnosed with ALS, also known as Lou Gehrig's disease. Because of life insurance, the people I love most in this world will be protected no matter what happens to me. I know that the dreams I have for my family can still come true. Financial security, to stay in the home we became a family in, and for our children to be able to go to college. I reached out to SelectQuote because I wanted to share my story. If just one person purchases life insurance, I know I will have made a difference. SelectQuote can find a 37-year-old male a $500,000 policy for under a dollar a day. If there are people you care about, you need life insurance. It may be the single most important financial decision of your life. Don't put off protecting your family. Get your free quote now. Call 800 671 7070. That's 800-671-7070. 800-671-7070. Or go to selectquote.com. This is a paid endorsement. Get full details on the example policy at selectquote.com slash commercials. Not available in all states. Stuck in traffic? We've got the answer. Parkway East, pretty solid outbound, approaching 2nd Avenue out to Edgewood Swissvale and inbound, approaching Edgewood Swissvale to the Squirrel Hill Tunnel. Nothing too unusual on the Parkway West. North on 79, you are jammed 
from the Parkway West up to past 60 with a crash off to the shoulder in Penn Hills. Lincoln Road shut down with an accident between Grove Road and Tyler Road. And a disabled vehicle outbound 65, the jam up from Route 19 up to the McKees Rocks Bridge. I'm Jenny Robinson on AM 1250, The Answer. AM 1250, The Answer. Weather. High pressure and control tonight, mainly clear and quite mild, a low of just 68 degrees. Setting up a hot and humid but dry day tomorrow. A of clouds and sun, a high of 90. Probably mostly cloudy tomorrow night, muggy with a spotty shower or thunderstorm and a low of 72. Warm and humid Sunday with morning clouds breaking for some sun. You can see a shower or thunderstorm around again, especially in the afternoon, a high of 86 degrees. I'm meteorologist Steve Travis on AM 1250, The Answer. The John Steigerwall Show, AM 1250, The Answer. You can bet that Bernie Sanders is going to have all the CMU kids fired up on Sunday when he talks about his plan for a free college education for everybody. The guy he's campaigning for there, uh, John Fetterman, is running for lieutenant governor. He thinks that's a really good idea. Of course, what it really is is Bernie forcing you to pay to send somebody else's kid to college. Well, Jay Stukesbury used to be in the college admissions and financial aid business, and he compares it to selling used cars. He's with us right now. Jay, thanks for being here. And is it that bad? <laughs> thanks for having me. And, you know, arguably, I would say that selling cars is more ethical than selling college education nowadays. Wow. Well, why is that? <laughs> well, it, I mean, I can. It, it takes a long time to kind of di- dig into the, the whole story, but uh, what the way college education financial aid works is that it's basically – a bailout for colleges and universities across the country. Um, and, you know, as far as the auto industry is concerned, we only bailed it out once. We bail out the college world every single year. When a new cycle of freshmen come in, all of them apply for financial aid. A large check is then doled out to all the different colleges and universities. Uh, and tuition still goes up every single year, and it never, never goes down. So um, is this uh, another case of the government trying to help and making things worse, which seems to happen every now and then? Yeah, but, and arguably it's been one of the driving forces behind the, the increase in cost of tuition, um, really since you know, higher education has become such a popular thing in our country. Um, you can trace the rate of tuition increase almost – uh, directly to the creation of the Department of Education itself back in the 1960s. Um, and the the cost of tuition since the 1960s has gone up for almost a 1,000% since that time frame. Wow. So um, if college, if, if government subsidized loans to college kids or their parents disappeared, what would happen to tuition costs? Well, uh, it's hard to say, really, because there's it, the cost of tuition is driven by a lot of different things. It's driven by you know the market demand, and but also the subsidies that they're receiving from the Department of Education. Um, but it's 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 suffice to say, though, if you took away the large amount of you know non-collateralized loans that they dole out to student body, um, if you took that away, you'd see a drastic drastic drop in the revenue base for these colleges. So um, most likely, a lot of those top-tier schools, you know, the Ivy Leagues, the Harvards, they most likely would survive. Um, but a vast majority of those colleges and universities would probably would not have the revenue base to self-sustain uh, without that support. Wow. Now, I, um, you know, so if, if, if you're a, a parent and you have a 15- or 16-year-old kid, and you're thinking, boy, you know, four or five years down the two or three years down the road, I got to come up with some money for college. You'd probably, maybe you would think that this Bernie Sanders guy is, this is the guy for me, free. Everything's going to be free. Why wouldn't you vote for him? Yeah, yeah. Everything Bernie says sounds good. You know, I mean, it's it's hard it's hard not to uh, be slightly attracted to the narrative of a free of a free lunch, right? But, you know, as the old saying goes, if you think that college is expensive now, wait till you see what happens when it's free. Um, you know, the original plan that Collie, or the original uh, college plan that Bernie Sanders put out when he was running for president um, 
was estimated to cost around uh, 75 to 80 billion a year uh, just to, to maintain. And that's almost the exact same size of our, our current federal deficit. So, I mean, you're talking about an explosion in, in the overall cost. So, yeah, it, it might sound good in the short run, but in the, in the long run, it's, all it's going to lead to is greater deficits, which lead to more debt and more of a burden that we put on younger generations, too. And, and I'm looking at your piece that you wrote here, and you, you uh, are laying out what his six-part plan was. Make tuition mm-hmm. free at public schools, uh, colleges, and universities. Stop the federal government from making a profit on student loans. Substantially cut student loan interest rates. Allow Americans to refinance student loans at today's low interest rates. Allow students to use need-based financial aid and work-study programs to make college debt-free. And fully paid for by imposing a tax, of course, on Wall Street. <laughs> Right, and they they'll right. pay for anything. Just just tax them. So again, I mean, this guy is taken seriously. He got a lot of votes uh, a, couple, a little less than two years ago in November, and uh, uh, lots of people wanted him to be president. And and it's because he's promising stuff like this. So how do you? I mean, how how do you educate to use a word parents to not get snookered by something like this? Well, it's it's tough, right? Because they've uh, parents put so much pride into their kids, right? They want the best thing for them. So, and ultimately, a lot of them think the best path forward for them is a college education. And by you know many standards, being college educated, uh, having a college degree is you know the in the long run better for you economically. But I think the, the trick is, is is for parents to keep an open mind about other options that exist outside of college, too. Uh, you know, they're in terms of one of the, the biggest issues that we're facing right now in the job market is uh, the uh, gap in hiring uh, skilled labor, too. And I'm, I'm talking mostly in the trades. So there are opportunities to go into a vocational-style training uh, and come out relatively debt-free, if not debt-free, and and start into a profitable career uh, that bypasses the, the the traditional liberal arts route. And you know, college isn't for everybody. And I think that's part of the problem that we face in the current marketplace: is that we're telling kids that college is your only path. College is your only path, and that's what's feeding a lot of that that market demand. Is everybody thinks that they have to go to college, and that's not necessarily true. You know, we're seeing gaps in a lot of different um, job marketplaces where where a, a, a kid with a little bit of gumption and a little bit of a work ethic can be successful and he can do it without having to dedicate four to five years of his life and be thousands of dollars in debt at the end of the process, too. I think there's uh, cases where a kid would be better off, in some cases anyway, um you know, depending on what the the career objective is or what what he wants to be when he grows up, uh, you're almost better off begging uh, somebody to let you empty waste baskets and just somehow get you in the door and hang around and keep learning a little bit about whatever business or career it is that you're interested in. And after four or five years, maybe you now are already elevated to some kind of an entry position that you would have had to pay a couple hundred thousand dollars for a college degree to get. Right. It, one, of, one of the uh, most common things I would tell students when I first meet with them, uh, I try to gauge what is their what is their vocational interest. You know, what are they going to school for? And if a lot of them were undecided, you know, they say, well, you know, this is just what a lot of my friends are doing, and I should do it too. Um, I would tell them all all of them the same thing: college is an expensive place to find yourself, and there are so many other different options out there. Uh, in terms of even just taking a year off, traveling, interning, doing something of that nature where you get a better sense about what is out there in the job market before you commit to a specific educational track. Because you might start into college, spend two or three years towards a major, start interning then, and then realize that you have uh, uh, gotten into a career path that you detest, you know, and you have no way out of it, and you already have a sunk cost into that whole process. 
I, I, I just um, Carnegie Mellon, which is where Bernie Sanders is speaking this weekend, is seventy thousand dollars a year. I know most people don't actually pay that amount because you get right. breaks, but that's the number. And you know, I, I don't know if they have this there, but if if I come out of there with a degree in gender studies, um, how am I getting my two hundred eighty thousand dollars back that I spent for my four years? Well, I don't necessarily have an answer for you. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, that's the I think, if you're yeah. if you're a, if you're a pre med major, you know, and you come out and you go to med school and you become a doctor, that's that's fine. But just mm-hmm. some of the majors that you see kids uh, getting involved in now, they ain't getting that money back with those majors. Yeah, and I mean, one of the things that I always try to stress is that it's not necessarily the what you're studying that makes the difference of when you get into college. It's w- what you're doing. Uh, in the experiential side of your education that makes the difference. Because when you're coming out, uh, most places, most, most employers are looking for at least, you know, three years of experience on top of your degree for entry-level positions. So it's going to take you some time to do that. So once you, once you start into college, you need to start building that, that experience side of your resume right off the bat. You know, whether, like I said, whether it's internships, uh, volunteering, whatever the case may be. But, you know, in terms of your return on investment, you know, that entirely depends on what path you're, you're following. And, you know, there's obviously a much more profitable pathways, like you'd mentioned, medicine, engineering, obviously a lot of the STEM fields right now. Um, but so in the more traditional liberal arts route usually entail you having to go on to graduate school to actually have something a little bit more marketable for a skill set, you know. So it's not only just your bachelor's degree, you're just going to throw on another two or three years for your graduate experience. We're talking to uh, Jay Stooksbury. Jay, where can people find your uh, your stuff? Uh, you can you know follow me on Twitter at jstooksbury.com, and also my website, jstooksbury.com. Um, I freelance for a variety of different publications, such as the Foundation for Economic Education and Reason Magazine, um, as well as a variety of other publications. Okay. I, I, the other thing I was going to throw out there to you is that, um, uh, full disclosure, I have taught a class at Waynesburg University here uh, in west, southwestern Pennsylvania. And uh, one of the things that I do like about what I'm teaching, which is uh, broadcasting, is that it does – that's a field that if you get into that, you go to college, and especially a good one like Waynesburg, which I, I'm, I'm not trying to do a commercial for them, but – um, you do you you go to a place like that where you actually get practical experience in the exact mm-hmm. career that you're looking for, and you do come out prepared for the career that you're you're paying to, to learn. And um, I, I don't know how many of those I don't know how many instances like that there are for kids, but that's one that I know of. I would you know it's it's not widespread yet, but programs like that are becoming more more popular across the nation. Um, because there is a demand from employers for actual practical job skills. You know, you can yep. you can sp- you can spend your life talking about theories and and different sort of idealistic things that come out of a book. But if you don't know how to turn a knob or turn a wrench or do anything that practically applies to the job, it makes it it makes you less appealing as far as employers are concerned. So there are there are some colleges that are starting to roll out more experiential style of programs but um it might be one of those situations where it's almost too little too late yeah one quick thing uh, the uh, I, I i heard somewhere not not sure about this number but i heard that like only 30 percent 35 percent of high school kids have summer jobs now which is uh, unbelievable to me but that's how i used to pay for yeah. college sure well and, i mean you're going to need a pretty well-paying summer job anyway to, right. to even afford it too and save up for it because that those days are gone. You know, to be able to right. work a summer job to save up. You know, there's gonna there's That's, there's so much money into the system that it's the system's just broken in general. Yeah, why bother? Just go just go swimming. Hey Jay, I I, appreci- <laughs> I appreciate you being on. Jay Stukesbury, thanks a lot, man. Thank you. Okay, we'll talk to you uh, sometime down the road, and we'll be right back. You work hard to recruit the best talent for your business, so you understand how important benefits are. Today's candidates are looking for more than just insurance and retirement accounts. They want benefits they can use every day and perks that help them achieve that all-important work-life balance. 
With Veridesk Standing Desk Solutions, you can create the healthy office culture they're looking for, where employees can move more throughout the day, so they're happier, healthier, and more productive. The new Veridesk ProDesk 60 Electric is the perfect way to create your active workspace. It's a commercial-grade electric standing desk that lets you sit or stand with the touch of a button. And it assembles in under five minutes with no need for professional installers or labor costs. The ProDesk 60 Electric ships for free. And thanks to our 30-day guarantee, if you don't love it, we'll pick it up for free. To learn how you can try the ProDesk 60 Electric in your office, visit veridesk.com radio. That's VARIDesk.com slash radio. Hi, this is Rhett Rasmussen of BestHotGrill.com. You've heard about our Solaire infrared grills at BestHotGrill.com, but did you know we also make the best gas logs for your fireplace? You've probably seen Rasmussen gas logs and fireballs on TV and in the movies. We've got sizes to fit all fireplaces, styles to fit every decor, and we even do custom designs for large and unusual fireplaces. Lighting these logs is as easy as pushing a button. Realistic Rasmussen gas logs look great even when the fire is off. For regions prone to power outages, gas logs are an excellent source of emergency heat with no electricity required. We've been making them since the 50s, so you can buy a Rasmussen gas log with confidence. So go to besthotgrill.com to find the products you need to keep you warm inside and outside of your home while eating great grilled food. Learn more at besthotgrill.com. That's besthotgrill.com. BestHotGrill.com. Hi, it's Hugh Hewitt. You know, we all talk a lot in America about security, and rightly so, but one thing we don't focus on nearly enough is our financial security. That's why I want to tell you about my friend Kevin Bach at Integrity Retirement Solutions. Kevin has spent more than a quarter of a century helping the people of Pittsburgh build a better, more confident retirement. He does that by focusing on the different parts of your financial life. Income planning, tax planning, health care planning, even legacy planning. All of those things need to work together for you to have a more secure financial future. Call Kevin at 724-837-3553. 724-837-3553 to see if he can help improve your financial future. Call today for a complimentary consultation. That's 724-837-3553 or online at IntegrityRetirementSolutions.com. That's IntegrityRetirementSolutions.com. Hugh Hewitt was compensated and his opinions are his own. Integrity Retirement Solutions is a financial services firm that offers a broad array of products and services, including insurance, licensed in Pennsylvania. You know the moment. The workday is over. Your daily responsibilities have been met. The shoes slip off and you lay back. It's that end of day. Ah. <sighs> That's the relief you'll feel when you rest on the body-soothing serenity made locally at the Original Mattress Factory. Relief from middleman markups and a hard day's work. The Original Mattress Factory. Thoughtfully made, honestly priced. OriginalMattress.com When it comes to selling you a mattress, most retailers are handing you a line. A long line of extra steps that drive up costs and create confusion. At the Original Mattress Factory, we simplify the mattress shopping experience by building mattresses and box springs in our own local factories and selling them direct to you. It's short, sweet, and simply makes sense. So experience more than just the mattress store. Experience an original, the Original Mattress Factory. The John Steigerwall Show, AM 1250, The Answer. an uproar yesterday uh, in, uh, at the House of Representatives when they were questioning uh, the FBI lover boy and um, they just neither neither side did did themselves a favor. Uh, it wasn't a good look for them, the way they handled the whole thing, some of the questions. Um, and I, I, I think most people agree that both parties looked really bad. I, I think the solution or the cause might have been that there are too many of them were wearing ties. Um, Lancaster, California Mayor R. Rex Paris came out, uh, I don't know, in the last day or so and said that he wants to not, not force city employees to wear ties anymore, men, obviously, because he was reading a big uh, a blog called The Big Think. He came across a post, and it said uh, there was a study that uh, suggests wearing neckties may lower blood flow to the brain 
And uh, it contends that restricting circulation by such an amount, 7.5% on average, uh, could actually have fatal implications for someone with high blood pressure. And it also said that uh, somebody said that that by having the tie too tight, it could uh, restrict creativity. So I've always hated ties, never understood. And I had to wear them every day in high school. I had to wear a tie every day for four years. And then when my first couple of years of college, I went to a school that required to class. So uh, so I've never understood where it originated. At some point, remember, there wasn't always air conditioning. So men used to work in office buildings where they would be required on a day when it's 90 degrees with no air conditioning to come to work with a long sleeve shirt with uh, something tied around their neck to make sure they're a little bit hotter and then put a, a hotter and then put another jacket on top of that. So I've never understood the origination of it. So when I was working at KDKA uh, TV as a sportscaster, it, it ended up being one of my great accomplishments in my career. I talked the boss into letting me stop wearing coats and ties, and I wore a sweater. I got away with it. Um, I couldn't believe I did. I, I ran it by the, the woman who's a news director, who's a great uh, boss. Sue McInerney was her name. And uh, they went for it. And I started wearing sweaters on the air. I just It looked really out of place because for 40 years of television or 50, whatever it was at the time, you didn't see anybody sitting on that set without a coat and tie on. I got away with it. One of the great accomplishments of my career. And I don't see anybody getting away with it now, by the way. And actually... Uh, a new boss came in, not the news director, but a new general manager came in, and uh, he decided that he wanted to see me wearing a coat and tie. So I had to start wearing one at the end of my career. But um, I, I think that the mayor of Lancaster, California, uh, is, should be he should be a serious candidate for president of the United States. I put it this way: his his decree that no one should wear a tie makes. A lot more sense to me than anything Bernie Sanders is going to say Sunday night at the CMU. Now, I would, I'd actually might be in favor. I'm a small government guy, but I might be in favor of a um, of a federal law that uh, imprisons employers for making you wear a tie. I, I might, I might, I, I would go for that. That actually makes as much sense to me as free college for everybody. Hey, we had a good week here. Erin Byrne, the producer, did a great job. She's a rookie here at this job, not at the, being a producer. But she did a good job of getting us on the air. As far as I know, I haven't been fired yet. And I think we're going to be back on Monday. But it's been fun. The, the show's still evolving. You can expect just about anything here. We had fun. Thanks for listening. See you Monday on AM 1250, The Answer. The John Steigerwall Show is a production of AM 1250, The Answer, and Salem Media Group. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.